0: by meeting illness, aging, and death, with compassion and wisdom. Learn about us at zencare.org. Uh, um,
1: I'm
0: going to start with a poem. That, uh, yeah, I'll start with a poem. It's called The Curse of the Charmed Life by Kim Stafford. things pretty much worked out for you. You have what you need, and if you need more, you have people ready and able to provide. Sure, someday your luck will run out. You'll be helpless, then gone, and your people will gather in your honor. There will be music and tears, people will embrace for you. There will be an odd buoyancy, a chatter of kind words, blessings. But the curse of this charm is exile from the unlucky. How gifts make you deaf to the sudden shout of a man camped in the ravine, make you blind to the dirty face of a woman with a cardboard sign. Without hunger, it's easy to be heartless. Without hurt, you are disabled. Without the battering of bad luck, the pummeling of last hopes, the wounds of life without love, of dark dreams, the last past dawn, how can you know what one life might do for another? So most of us have experienced one kind of pain or another. It's the reason why so many of us are drawn to this or a spiritual practice. To find release from suffering, to investigate, to understand the nature of our mind is the beginning. This line from the poem without hunger, it's easy to be heartless. Without hurt, you are disabled. It's so powerful. Without hurt, you are disabled. If you've never experienced, you're missing something. You're disabled, you're not fully in your life, your body. Isn't it through heartache and pain that we become resilient? We're able to recognize pain, suffering in others, and feel moved to help. Isn't this the work that we, we do at our center? Hmm? And the training and the outreach for each other to recognize our own suffering in order to see it in others, to reach out and to help. We've seen a lot of pain and anguish over the last year. So much of the status quo being disrupted, overturned and ignored, forcing us to take a look and our lives in new ways, perhaps. To face the challenges of unemployment, homelessness, food insecurity, rage, outrage. I get a post each morning from Writer's Almanac. It has famous people's birthdays, notable moments in history, and a poem. If you don't get it, uh, I would highly recommend it. It's a great way to start the day. Um, And this poem I got on Friday, I think it was Friday or Thursday, sometime last week, This Curse of the Charmed Life. And as I thought about it, I thought of the three poisons that we look at, greed, anger, ignorance. I think this poem really kind of points to these three poisons in each of the lines. Greed, that feeling or belief that we don't have everything we need, that we want more and more of it, whatever it is that we have or we think we don't have. Whatever it is, whatever that it is, whether it's money, possessions, power, recognition, whatever that delusion, that mind of poverty prevents us from seeing, seeing the reality of things. If only I had more of this, this more, this it, whatever it is. Whenever we're in that delusion, we're not seeing things, we're not seeing the reality of life as it is outside of me. I'm not seeing it outside of me. I'm just concerned with my own needs, my own lack, perceived lack. We don't need to to look too far to see these three poisons at work. We see them every day in the news and in the streets. People who really don't have enough. When you're at the center, or if you ever come to the center, here in Chelsea on 23rd street, when this nonsense begins to subside a little, from our window, you can see under the scaffolding of the building across the street, If your eyes are open, if you really open your eyes and not ignore, not just pass by, you'll see homeless people with cardboard signs asking for help. You'll see that woman with the cardboard sign. You know, I don't know the causes and conditions that led them to be living their lives. In such a way, I know what it feels like. I've had my own experience of homelessness. How quick we can move to judge others Hatred and delusion can cause tremendous harm in this world. We see in the media almost every day how anger gets played out. Angry police officers, angry civilians, teenagers, adults, men, women. victims of violent crimes. This morning, on the list of those who died, we read the name of Nichelle Thomas. Nichelle was a classmate of Asian and Doha, two of our Sangha members. We studied with her at NYTS, New York Theological Seminary. Imagine studying the practice of contemplative care, studying for an MDiv, studying for ways to be of help in the world to those less fortunate. This Woman, Nichelle, shot down in Park Slope by her ex-lover. So close to home. And acts of violence are never Insular, the ripple effects can be devastating to friends, colleagues, family members, cities, the nation, the entire universe. There's a story of Indra's net. Most of you probably know the story. It's a great example of cause and effect. So the story is that the Indra's net covers the entire universe. And in the center of this net, there's a there's a jewel. And in each, at each cross section in the net, you know, each knot of the net, um, there is another jewel, right? It's, you know, a net looks like. So here, there's another jewel. And if you touch that jewel in the very center, it reflects the jewel next to it, and then the next to it, and the one next to that, and the one next to that. So the the light reflects on each jewel, on each jewel, until eventually the whole universe is contained is reflected in that one simple action of prodding the jewel at the center. I think it's a great kind of uh, picture. When we pay attention, we can see the three poisons in our own mind, in our own actions. The rising of these feelings might be out of our control. I don't choose, I don't choose to be angry, but it's an emotion I'm very familiar with. Talked about this a lot. And it's powerful. And it can create harm in my mind. By that I mean harm my mind, it harms my mind. It's a distortion often of what's actually happening in the moment. And the more the anger rises, the irritation, the anger arises, the more distorted what is actually happening in the moment. Recognizing my own form of greed not being satisfied with what I have. When really knowing what I have is more than enough. I have a home, a loving relationship. I'm not hungry. I'm not living on the streets. I have a community, a sangha. I know that if ever I need it, I just have to reach out and help will be there. And yet that sense of poverty can still arise when I'm feeling depressed, when I'm feeling less than. Yeah and I'm feeling less than, it's quite often actually for me. The story in my mind, the old story, the boring story, if I had more money, if I had that house at the beach in Toulon, you know, more time to do whatever I want, I'd be much happier. My life would be perfect. And actually, I've had all those things. And it wasn't perfect. Delusion. There's a great article in the New York Times recently. Uh, Dainan sent it to me. Unlanguishing. Uh, The definition of languishing, Bodhi's decided he's woken up now, he wants to, right Bodhi? He's heard something he needs to hear. The definition of languishing is to grow weak, to weaken, deteriorate, decline, go into decline, wither, droop, fade, fail, waste away. So this is from that article. Languishing is a sense of stagnation and emptiness. It feels as if you're muddling through your days, looking at your life through a foggy windshield, and it might be the dominant emotion of 2021. In the early uncertain days of the pandemic, it's likely that your brain's threat detection system, called the amygdala, was on high alert for fright or flight. As you learned that masks helped protect us, but package scrubbing didn't. You probably developed routines that eased your sense of dread, but the pandemic has dragged on and the acute state of anguish has given way to a chronic condition of languish. Imagine. Think about that, a chronic condition of growing weak, of deteriorating, failing away. Languishing is not merely in our heads, it's in our circumstances. You can't heal a sick culture without personal bandages. We still live in a world that normalizes physical health challenges, but stigmatizes mental health challenges. We still live in a world that normalizes physical health challenges, but stigmatizes mental health challenges. Think of the woman, the ex-lover who murdered Nichelle Thomas last week, suffering with her own mental illness, her own mental challenges. Ignorance, we ignore the things that could be most important, the health and well-being of others, those that we don't see, those outside of ourselves, those that we think are outside of ourselves. This languishing, is the perfect soil for the three poisons to grow and flourish. How is this phenomena playing out in your life right now? Are you paying enough attention to what's going on around you? are you paying enough attention to your practice? Paying more attention to your practice will be not only a benefit to you, but maybe to those around you. Do you let it slide? Do you allow it to grow weak, to decline, to let it droop, to waste away? And we're sitting zazen, we're not sitting just for ourselves. There's that ripple effect. If I'm feeling more in touch, if I'm feeling less whatever, angry, resentful, then those around me will experience me differently. And those around them will experience them differently this ripple effect, this Indra's net effect. If I am the jewel in the center, and that's not to say I'm the jewel in the center of life. It's not, you know, I'm not something special, but just imagine that jewel, and my actions rippling out, by acknowledging that so many of us are languishing, we can start giving voice to quiet despair and lighting a path out of the void. It's time to pay attention, not only to ourselves, but to what's going on around us. What's going on on 23rd Street? What's going on in Park Slope? Minneapolis, mm-hmm. the entire universe, wake up. Buddha said hatred does not cease by hatred, but only by love. This is the eternal rule. When we're sitting, drinking the three poisons, cultivating the three poisons, greed, anger, ignorance, only hatred can grow out of that. Not love, not compassion, not seeing. I'll finish with this poem again. Don't just listen to this poem, hear it. Things pretty much worked out for you. You have what you need. And if you need more, you have people ready and able to provide. Sure, someday your luck will run out. You'll be helpless, then gone. And your people will gather in your honor. There'll be music and tears people will embrace for you. There will be an odd buoyancy, a chatter of kind words, blessing. But the curse of this charm is exile. From the unlucky, how gifts make you deaf to the sudden shout of a man camped in the ravine, make you blind to the dirty face of a woman with a cardboard sign Without hunger, it's easy to be heartless. Without hurt, you are disabled. Without the battering of bad luck, the pummeling of lost hopes, the wounds of life, without love, of dark dreams in the last past dawn, how can you know what one life might do for another? What do you do for another? Are you languishing? Hmm? Are you allowing yourself, your practice to wilt, to die? Are you doing something about it? Are you awake? That's what our practice is about waking up. Wake the fuck up. I didn't finish, but that's probably a good way (laughs) to... Talk about hearing and not listening, or listening and not hearing. I'm still talking here. (laughs) Thank you, um, whoever it is that's banging and clanging. Um, I appreciate it. That's obviously the place to end. <laughs>